0: Welcome back to a new week, which means that it is time for a new episode of People Are Wild. I'm Kim, your friendly neighborhood ER nurse of a host, and I strive to make things a little bit different and a little bit unique with every episode. This week's is no exception. In March, I have been trying to highlight women who do incredible things and have incredible journeys. And this week, again, is going to be no different. But it's going to be lighter on the medical side of things and maybe a little bit more on the entertainment part of things. You know, the whole medutainment part of the show. Because this week I'm joined by a really interesting and awesome woman. Her name is Cassandra Ebner. She comes from Canada, the best place in the world. See, I'm trying to pander to my Canadian audience, huh? Huh? Is it working? I don't know. Anyways, she was delightful to talk to and to take time out of her day in order to speak to me about what she does, who she is, and the things that drive her and motivate her to do what she does. I hope you guys enjoy this interview and this discussion that we had, and I will see you at the end of it. With me today for our listening audience is a super special guest. I'll go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: Hi, everybody. My name is Cassandra Ebner. I'm a stunt woman and an actress, and I am currently based in Vancouver but work all over the world. Maybe we'll meet each other one day.
0: <laughs> in our travels, that's right, because I am a traveling nurse, so you never know where I'll be. You never know where you'll be. Yeah. It could happen.
1: Well, I really hope that we don't meet inside where you work that's i just thought I'm about working. that
0: yeah i was like actually hopefully i'm not on the clock and you're not on the clock when our paths cross <laughs> yeah, unless you need like set way. medical stuff like if you need set nurses or something you call me up
1: oh that's the thing people do
0: that all the time that'd be fun to do that to shake up uh your hospital life and be like oh i worked on the set of like the fast and the furious yeah totally
1: if the patients would love that then you'd be like with them and they're like Hurt and stuff and you'd be like, This is what I worked on they'd be like, I feel better. This is so cool. <laughs> Just the
0: nurse that was on this is so cool. That's right. Uh no that's not what's gonna happen. Okay. So take it from the top like how did you get okay. into the stunt profession and how hard was that to get into? Well
1: my origin story, if you please yes. was that I wanted to be a superhero. So, stereotypical stunt person wanting to be a superhero when they were like four years old. And then I found out that wasn't a thing. So, I was like, well then how do I be this superhero that everybody's like watching on TV and stuff? And then my parents were like, well those are actors, honey. And I was like, oh, that's what I want to be then. So, I started thinking I was going to be an actor growing up and then I started finding all these ways to like do acting, which was like plays and what else did i do i did like my own little movies and became a youtuber edited my own movies i became an editor and i edited for people like all over the area that i lived in so i was like had my own editing business at 17. and so i was like i want to do everything in film i just love film and so i didn't know if i wanted to be in front of the camera or behind the camera and then i discovered stunts because my dad ended up i guess living with a stuntman before he was a stuntman back in the day all and so he introduced him, he's like, this was my only connection to film, here you go, this is your guy, and I was like, cool, so what do you do? And he's like, well, what kind of movies do you like? You know, like, Tomb Raider, and like, Jackie Chan, and like, all these action movies, and he was like, honey, you should probably be a stunt person. And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? He's like, well, you play rugby, right? And I was like, yeah, I play rugby. He's like, yeah you should be a STEM person, and I was like, okay, so I'm going to look into this, and I was like, no way they get to be the superheroes, and so that is how I ended up being where I am today.
0: (laughs) Boom. That is, that is the origin story. Now, are you on a superhero or a supervillain journey is the question. Remains to be decided.
1: I I would think that I'm trying to be a superhero, but I think most of the good TV shows that everybody's trying to be the superhero but then they end up being the supervillain by mistake so maybe that is my origin story maybe I'm taking over the world
0: maybe you're an I'm anti-hero, scared. maybe you're like Jessica Jones
1: ooh, I kind of like that a lot because that's mm-hmm. what I'm watching right now and it's amazing!
0: Season 2, it's out!
1: yeah, go watch it! definitely go watch Support it Awesome people.
0: yeah, do you know people who uh, worked on that? or, I mean, do you have any connections?
1: I, I do know a friend that did, I think, the first episode of jessica jones he kind of designed the action for it i believe unless i'm thinking of a different one it's amazing how small the world is and like which person will end up touching a little piece of a film and then going on to the next thing because they're so in demand sometimes you don't know what your friends worked on and sometimes you do
0: (laughs) so what have you worked on to date what are you doing kind of segueing into or currently working on
1: um well if you want the full sort of (laughs) of what I've worked on. Look at my IMDb under Cassandra Ebner because I will probably miss them. What I am best known for probably is Arrow, which I've done an acting slash stunt role on it where I got hit by a car. That's
0: fun. And
1: then normal things. Yeah, normal um, everyday hit well, by a car. I've been on Flash, Supergirl, like all the DC superhero shows are kind of in the area, so worked on all those, Supernatural, Warcraft movie Deadpool to Magicians. I love that show. As a fan, not just as like a person working on it. As a
0: fan. So is that also kind of fun to be on the shows, you know, you just enjoy watching, you get like that call or something and they're like, Hey, we need a little bit more of a you know, stunt work or whatever and you're like, Yeah, I'm totally on board. I love that show.
1: Well, the thing is is I think I I might not not from everybody, but I'm a very different breed of person who has somehow snuck into the film industry you conned your way in girl i conned my way in like i totally pretended i wasn't a fangirl but i totally am and so when people call me and it's like a show that i really like they'll be like hey so there's this opportunity and if i don't know them well i'm like yeah cool yeah yeah that's awesome Uh, super professional super professional totally and then I hang up, and I'm like, oh my god, I <laughs> watch,
0: like, every
1: episode
0: again. Do you have to keep roles secret sometimes, like, what you've done? I mean, there's got to be some sense yeah. of, like, you can't give away things because you film months or sometimes years in advance with movies or other projects. Totally.
1: So I'm working on a movie right now. I don't... I don't think I'm allowed to tell you guys the name I can't really tell you what I'm doing because it'll spoil things right like if you know this person's gonna have a stunt double you might be like oh well then that person's either gonna be kicking butt or they're gonna die like it's so hard to juggle that back to our earlier conversation about getting excited it's so hard and to keep it in sometimes especially like shows there was a show I got to work on Game of Thrones
0: Oh, and that my one goodness. Is
1: like I'm super diehard fan how do you act professional and still be a
0: fangirl and allow to yeah you're cast? around them so- you're around these people that you watch on tv like that has to be the weirdest reality check because in the er I always say that there's moments where I feel like I'm in a tv show but it's happening to real people and I have to do something like hey guess what there is no Meredith Grey here like oh no you have to do something so I imagine it's kind of like the same thing with you, where you're, like, looking around going, I feel like I'm watching this from the outside, but I'm actually here.
1: It's totally like that. For me, I find that I'm, like, right. Everybody is just a normal person. And that's, like, what I've been learning over the years. And it's just been really liberating of just to see that, like, you and me are not different from celebrities. They might have a different lifestyle. Sure. But they still have similar needs and wants. That's one of the coolest parts of just realizing that you aren't any less or any more than anybody else around you.
0: That's like a good sort of perspective. You know, you do think about how like, oh, you see these people on TV and and maybe it's because you have so many of these like reality, not reality, like you have like the TMZ and stuff and sometimes like, you know, they get arrested for DUI and obviously that's a blemish, but that happens to everybody. Like yeah, everybody slips up. It's just that, you know, maybe you're on, totally. a, you're on a bigger stage when you're on Game of Thrones and you do something stupid. <laughs>
1: thankfully didn't do anything stupid when i was around so everyone seems like this dreamy
0: TMZ. right so let's kind of go through what is your day like on a set for i know probably it it depends on what you're doing like you said you you double for kiddos and stuff sometimes but just take me through or take everybody through like an average day on set and then what do you do on your days off in terms of like staying you know prepared for things and, and your training regime if you will
1: Totally. So like, an have day on set before you start the day before. You're going to get a call sheet that says where you're going to be, what time you're going to be there, all this stuff. So then the
2: next day you show up at your place, hopefully not late because that would be super unprofessional. Mm-hmm. Check in with an ADs at the trailers and then they check you in. You go to your trailer, you start putting on your wardrobe, you go through the makeup and hair and they put like either a wig on you to make like you look like the person and yeah. they'll like change your face so you look like the person and honestly that's the only reason i work is because makeup and hair does an amazing job
0: right you get to um, professionally be like beautiful like oh i need well, to i need to go in, and double for this gorgeous celebrity i guess i'll get my makeup done
2: it's funny that you say that because everybody's face shape is so different yeah so they'll actually change the way that your eyebrows look and stuff which what? looks great on that person but the way that it might look on me it might like <laughs> <laughs> you look really freaky, like pronounced features.
0: Um, I don't. I guess I don't think about that. Yeah, because like if you are doubling, if they have to capture, you know, quick whatever of the face, you do have to kind of look like them. And if you don't, mm, you look like Frankenstein. Totally. And the part,
2: the part that they focus on the most. Well, I, I always look like Frankenstein. Let's be real. But no, no, you don't. <laughs> she doesn't. Um, the eyebrows are the biggest thing, just in case they catch the side of your face. Uh, eyebrows and then lip color. Really? Just because that's the thing that, like, you might see going by. Like, I have really naturally tiny eyebrows, <laughs> but a lot of people have bigger eyebrows. So I usually get, like, lots of eyebrow put on.
0: Like, it's the so. things that you probably didn't think about going into this, about how, like, you would be so concerned about your eyebrow shape when you first started <laughs> off. You're like, oh, now I know everything about my eyebrows and lip color. Like, I got that. I know everything about my profile. Totally. Like, <laughs>
2: I would have never thought anything about them. I walked into, like, a trailer one day, and this lady looked at me. She's like, you have medieval eyebrows. What does that mean? And she never told me. So from now on, I'm like, I have medieval <laughs> eyebrows, and I don't know what it means.
0: Oh, my gosh. that She never told you either. <laughs> That's a woman yeah. who probably just is... That's all she does. She just goes to the grocery store. She looks at a baby and just says to the parent, that child has medieval eyebrows and just walks away.
2: Maybe, maybe it's like to keep the mystery going for her. Like you want to know more, <laughs> you know? Maybe that's how she makes friends.
0: You that know? might be. No, no judgment. No judgment. Um, that's a good tactic.
2: But anyway, so you go through the hair and makeup. You get all ready. And then sometimes either you wait around in your trailer for somebody to come get you to bring you out when your scene is up. Or sometimes you'll go out to set and you'll wait there until the scene is up. And you'll help your actor through some of the action that you're doing and my job is safety and support system because I want the person I'm doubling to look as cool as they can yeah or as clumsy as they are like depending on what the scene in the story is so I'm there to help and that generally the thing that I do the whole day is I'm there ready to help ready to safety ready to put in mats for people to fall on just there is an all-around smiley face is sometimes why people hire me
0: too yeah just like the cheerleader that also (laughs) makes sure that you don't break something or end up with some horrific injury I'm sure yeah just a little bit so what do you do on your days off what are the activities like where can we find Cassandra on a day off
2: well lately um I have been doing some in home training so i have somebody coming to my house and they're training me so that i can keep my body really fit and ready for any of the impact falls that i take because you heal faster as you probably would know if you're fit and ready to go
0: or if you're really drunk Uh, a lot of times drunk people don't get hurt a lot so i mean you can either be really drunk on set or you can just be in shape so i mean i'll (laughs) let you make that decision
2: moral of the story is that there's interesting facts that mostly about your body being loose being loose yes yes being loose is really important if you're going to get injured or know you're going to get injured just be ready to be loose
0: but if you're training for stunts I mean you guys are trained on how to obviously safely get hit by a car and thrown out of window and do all these other high impact or even I mean low impact high powers things I don't know You have, like, those fight sequences and and everything, so that's a whole nother thing I imagine with just having the physical fitness to do a lot of that. You see, like, all these stunt reels, or at least that's what I do is that I watch them because part of me wanted to be a stunt person, but I became a nurse instead. I guess I went on the other side of things. But uh, I always have huge admiration for stunt coordinators and stunt work, and, I mean, I watched... What, Zoe Bell all the time with, like, oh, Kill yeah. Bill. Yeah, that was, like, the first time I was ever like, oh, stunt women are bomb. It's awesome. And then you watch, like, Fast and the Furious, and you see The Rock, and Jason Statham's, all their stunt work, and how much of it's them, how much of it is stunt, or how much of it's just stunt coordinators doing a lot of stuff in the interim. I mean, it's it's a lot of unspoken work that I feel like needs to be highlighted but especially maybe with stunt women. Wonder Woman kind of put a lot of more stunt people on the map, maybe. I don't know if you've yeah, seen that it, impact. It's,
2: yeah, it's it's been interesting, like, the, the change in the industry. I think that stunt women have been very lucky in the fact that when we're on set, a lot of people appreciate what we do because they see it, and also they see us in a lot of skin-tight clothing with, like, mm. short dresses and stuff right. like that, which means that we can't wear any pads, so we're doing all these stunts without pads and... Guys get to wear pads and we know
0: oh, which is. So and guys, we're doing it and you guys get. Them. So there's
2: like different things that got, we get respected for.
1: Guys get
0: a little bit more cushion, yeah. so women are more hardcore in the stunt world.
2: So sometimes some guys <laughs> end up having to be in like little clothing as well with certain situations, but it's something that I think people really appreciate in the world of stunts slash in film that people don't really see on the outside world because maybe people didn't even know we wore pads when we do stunts.
0: That's true. I'm learning a lot today so, right now.
2: Yeah. When I first got into stunts I didn't think that we got to wear pads, I just thought you did it. There's like these really amazing like gel pads that you can wear and you can't even see them under your clothes. Oh. There's really cool stuff out there.
0: So what's so, your favorite sort of stunts to do? I mean do you do fight sequences? Do you do underwater? Is it all of the above? Is it harness stuff? Is it are you working on certain things too? Are there areas you want to be trying to better your range?
2: I can't stop learning because I would get so bored. And also, the more you learn, the more you're going to be capable of like adding to a scene or just being an asset. And that's all I want is I just want to be a problem solver and an asset to people. So mostly actually right now is mostly mind stuff that I'm working on, which is like how to overall help the story with action. What is the director's vision? What is the actor's vision? And how can we bring that to life without making it too flashy or crazy Mm -hmm. and like, oh, there's a backflip for no reason what is the core of the story, and how can we make this a possibility? That's what I've been working on lately, but there's so many things I want to do. Like, I love wire work, I love fight scenes, and I'm always working on my fight scenes because I want to be, like, really good. <laughs> so do you have a background there. with,
0: like, martial arts before you came in, or gymnastics, or any of that, or are are you sort of picking it up as you go?
2: I didn't have anything under my belt when I started getting into stunt, so I learned it all from... The ground up. Most of my experience was rugby and not being afraid to get hurt. That was what my thing was.
0: That's a pretty good mentality for stunt work. I would say that probably goes uh, like 50% of the way, right? Maybe even more. Yeah, it,
2: it does. Like I think it allows you to jump into things without, you know, being too cautious, which is good. And then my other thing was because I had done so much acting, it really helped with the performance side of things because what you don't think of is like, yeah, you've done your fall, but you don't just lay on the ground, what if you're still alive? You need to like move around and like keep it alive, hold your head because that's where you got hit. There's these things that you don't think about when getting into stunts that like acting would really help with. That's kind of where my background came from and then I trained like Taekwondo afterwards and like boxing and fight scenes because fight scenes are so different from martial arts. The way that like the camera looks at you and the way that you might punch somebody to sell it, you might have to do this really big swing so that the camera makes it look like you've punched the person. The technique is totally different right, depending then. on what you're doing for what show.
0: So instead of like actually like boxing or, or martial arts, but I guess having that training and control of your body in that way so goes important. a long way. Yeah, I would imagine that if you have that that foundation of like some sort of boxing or fight or whatever, then you know it, it can only better you for those scenes because you know how to take a punch but you know how to throw a punch so you can over exaggerate
2: totally and like that's the nice thing is if you're always training different styles is you can switch up the style depending on what the show is but also that you adjust like you just said like you can even though boxing might be like tighter punches if you practice something else you might have these bigger punches that you can adapt in between because sometimes there's a boxing scene and you have to look like a boxer right just being adaptable
0: so did we kind of figure out your daily training thing Do we go on your day no, off
2: we totally went on a tangent circling back I also for cardio because sometimes you're doing fight scenes for hours on end or whatever because you have to do 50 takes let's say Ugh. um I do swimming laps like tons of swimming because like I need to stay tiny to double kids too so swimming is like great cardio for me without getting too bulky but still having muscle so that I can still do things right and then I'm horseback riding right now which I really like
0: you're gonna be on Wonder Woman too ride. aren't you
2: We'll see. We'll see. Who knows? And then I also have a couple projects on the go, which is also taking up my training time. So those are like my core things right now. And then I also do a bunch of applying for grants to make my own projects. So that's like a kind of a separate thing from stunts as well. So that's what my, my daily routine sort of looks like. And then there's a lot of like work in between that we don't realize goes on, I think, as performers or as people in the film industry is like keeping yourself up to date and relevant with people and that actually takes some time whether it's like your social media that you're trying push or emailing coordinators to make sure that they know that you're around or like going to certain events so that people realize you're still alive (laughs) any of those things so there's a lot of work that isn't work it's almost like we go we go to work
1: and we come home and we work
0: oh yeah and
1: then on our days off we work more because we love it our personalities like we just don't stop working well yeah push the bar with what we're doing
0: and you talked a little bit about how you know you want to kind of stay up on things and and what I do it's a little bit different I mean obviously we're a little bit physically fit as nurses you gotta throw some people around not that way but I mean you gotta like boost them in bed and You have to be able to lift people or at least catch them <laughs> and do CPR. So you got to make sure you have like a little bit of cardio. I would say, you know, it's it's like you said about how you work and then you go home and you work, but it's, you get to work on stuff on your days off that you're excited about. And then you go to work and you're still excited about work, but there's a lot of like expectations at work. So it's kind of nice probably on your days off to do what you want to do and and to have a physical fitness outlet too to kind of just like, if you're having, you know, you had a really kind of off kilter day on set you can like refocus and do what you want to do because it's so important to have those mental health days I'm sure in your line of work I'm sure in my line of work I'm sure in everybody's line of work but you know you got to take that step back and take care of yourself
2: totally you hit the nail on the head that's exactly what at least I try to do and I think a lot of other people try to do is we obviously train some things because it's for our job but we also train other things just because it's for us Taking care of us is very important.
0: super important. I mean, is there something that you Want to attain at some point? I mean is there I don't like when people say oh, do you have a five-year plan because life happens all the time So I mean is there a goal at the maybe at the end of this year or in the next couple years that you hope to be at?
2: Yes, I think I will always have goals because that's just the person I am and the person I grew up to be and once I hit that goal I don't know what to do with my life and I go through this situation where, oh gosh, where do I go? What's my thing? And then I find a new goal and I get excited about it and then I work towards it again. Right now, I think I've realized what my overall goal sort of is in life and it's just that I want to be creative in this industry and be helpful. That's all I want is because I've loved this industry so much. It's done so much to me as a, a human growing up and has affected my life in so many ways that I want to bring the same sort of effects to other people and bring stories that like inspire people or make them happy or take them away from terrible situations that they're in and escape. That's what the film industry bought for me and I'm hoping one day I get to do that for others. So I'm making stories right now and projects that even if it's just on YouTube or like a small platform at least like some people are watching it and it might be changing their lives. That's what I hope to do. And Although I might not be where I want to be right now, I know that some of my content and what I put out there in the world, like on my YouTube channel and stuff, is at least helping and inspiring some people as I get messages from them. So I know I'm doing it right now, but there's just like, you know, you wanted a bigger scale or whatever, but I might not get there if I have to make movies with my friends for the rest of my life. That isn't a bad thing either. That's what I'm doing, and that's what I hope to do in the future.
0: (laughs) I'm sure it gets frustrating sometimes, though, because, you know, you you work hard, and you want to see that instant result, but... Oh, gosh, you're preaching to the choir. (laughs) I feel like I just had this conversation yesterday, or, like, last night
1: crying.
2: my am like, I'm doing all this work. Why isn't anything
1: happening? I want
0: results. I know it's going to happen, but why isn't it faster?
2: (laughs) What I'm realizing, and I, I forgot about... When it was with stunts, I was just training to hopefully get into this film industry that I love. And it was a fairly fun process of just like constantly training and learning other things and meeting new people and friends. And then when you have this beautiful career that you're so proud of and you're also trying to do this other thing, it starts to get scary. Like, like, will people think I'm veering away from this job that I love or any of these things? And I was getting to a point of um, something. When you're transitioning, you have so much more that you feel like you might lose. And so the process almost doesn't become as fun or exploration-y like you were when you were young. So that's what I've been realizing. And I'm like, right, I need to have fun with this. It needs to not be an end result. It just needs to be what I'm looking to do. And if it doesn't get to this big, beautiful thing that we all imagine, then just working really hard at something that I love should be enough. And that's what I think we all forget is working really hard at something is what we need to do and I worked really hard to get in into stunts but I forgot that I worked really hard
0: right because now you're in it and yeah. and it's kind of like why aren't things happening faster and you forget the road you go down to get to the point where you're at years stunt work ER nursing Whatever people do in their daily life, you, you got to remember the journey, right? Isn't that always what it says on like a fortune cookie is that, you know, it's not the, it's not the, the finish line. It's the journey towards the finish or whatever that counts. And it's true. I mean, it's corny. It's, it's cliche. You hear it a million different ways, but it is true. And it's hard to, to dive into new open water in a way without mm-hmm. any guide about where you're going towards your final end result. But you just hope you're going to get there but it's going to be exhausting to get there sometimes.
2: Totally. And I just think it's a really important thing that people know because everybody sees the success at the end and they're like, Oh, you just do it. And so nobody tries to do these really hard things anymore or like, or hasn't there's, there's people that do, but I just wanted to bring that up because like if somebody's listening and they're like, really, I just have to work really hard and I can, Maybe have that opportunity. Totally. It yeah. might not happen, but at least you tried.
0: But no, I mean, if we want to turn this into sort of, like, inspirational avenue, it is true. It's it's, it's just like, like you said, you know, you got to try. you got to go for it. But
2: maybe you go out there and you, like, try this thing that is along the lines of what you're doing. Like, you go speak at, like, um, high school and explain the journey that you're on and inspire mm-hmm. these kids. That's an instant gratification that you're helping people. And so there's stuff out there that, like, can keep you going. Yeah. But you just you gotta look for it. Or yeah,
0: you just gotta find it. That's the hard part sometimes. Stepping outside your comfort zone of your own self. I mean, you could be confident in your skills, but to be on a stage, whether it be a high school or YouTube or something, like, that takes guts. People are afraid to try, maybe. I I don't know. I just feel like a lot of times it's it's hard for people to get going. I think people that are of a younger generation might not want to try as hard just because they're like...
2: I totally get it.
0: Yeah, because it's like, why should I? It's crappy out there. It's crappy, you know, for this, 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 and this reason there's no, I'm not going to make any difference in anything, so why would I try?
2: I get where people are coming from, and I hope that this, like, whatever we're talking about sparks something in somebody to make them realize they're totally capable of it. But even if you're, you don't have to change thousands of lives, you just need to maybe, maybe you inspire and change one. Yeah. Like, that's, that's more than what most people could ask for. So
3: trying
2: is not the hard, like... The
1: worst
0: thing in the world. No, absolutely not. I mean, I have tried and failed a lot of times, but I'll try and fail until I figure out what works.
1: What is it? You have to fail a thousand times
0: before one of them will work, or something. I think that's like a theory or a quote somebody said. I'm sure that's like <laughs> on a fortune cookie somewhere. <laughs> this Isn't? has just turned into the podcast of fortune cookies. It's true. this This podcast is brought to you by fortune cookies. It's like, uh, what is it, the Wayne Gretzky quote about... Something? All the
1: shots you haven't taken. There
0: you go. There's my I Canadian influence.
1: This is, this is my life. You don't understand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you still do, like, do you still play, like, rec league stuff for rugby and, and all that jazz?
1: I get really, really into things. Oh, you get competitive. If I, played rugby, I would break things, because every season I played, I would break something. I've cracked my skull. I've broken my like wrist
0: I've <laughs> rolled my ankle <laughs> so rugby has been more of an injury prone thing for you than stunt work is what it sounds like because have you gotten anything gnarly Probably. in stunts because everything sounds like it's blocked and there's safety on the set so I mean I, I know it happens I mean I've seen the reports really like in the last couple of years of some of this, the stunt performers who've been injured or unfortunately, you know, passed away on set due to whatever. But for the most part, it's a, it's like all about safety. So I would think that, you know, you don't get that many injuries doing stunt work versus like being outside of stunt work.
2: Yeah. That's, that's, um, it, you totally know what you're talking about. Like it is all about safety. We rehearse things. We make sure things are as safe as they possibly can be. And unfortunately with our line of work, we, are expecting that some injuries may occur. I've been very fortunate. The one injury that I got last year was that I had broken my ankle, and that was probably the worst thing that I've had happen, but it wasn't. Some of the things are just, you can't prevent it. Like it, it wasn't anybody's fault. If anybody, it was my own. The accidents happen. You miss a mat, or you miss the safety precautions that you guys had thing, or, you, or there's something you hadn't thought about that ends up happening. That is a crazy happenstance. And there's nothing you can do to prevent it. It's one of the things that happens with action, but the amount of coordinators out there trying to do much safer and more dynamic work is absolutely amazing. Like some of the sets that I go out to, I'm like, wow, you guys are making this happen and it looks just as good, if not better than if you did it for real. Some of the stuff that they're coming up with is amazing.
0: And it's all, like you said, it's all about safety. So... I mean, you always think about, man, some people must have, like, such a high insurance on them. Is that true?
2: It depends, I think, where in the world you are. In Canada, we have a really great system for hospitals and stuff like that. Uh, we have free health care. We also, with our union, get an insurance through our union, so we don't really have to actually necessarily pay for extra insurance unless that's something that we uh, feel we need which I think if you got working more that's something that you you might want to look
0: into sure yeah or if you're like you do you know you're the one in demand for like motorcycle stunts or something you know really specialized I guess you would have to take out a little bit more insurance or have a little bit more on you if you're yeah if you're in that sort of like specialized sort of situation.
2: And if you're traveling for work, like it's really important to maybe have like your travel insurance and making sure that like you're covered in those ways. So there is, it can get costly, but also it's, it, what is it worth when it's, that's who you are. You're just making sure that you're okay. Right. Yeah. So I think it's really important and it can get costlier as I think you work more, but then, you know, you're, you're
0: also working more, so. It's true, I mean, it's kind of like, well, at the same time, you know, it it offsets itself, I'm sure, if you're, if you're that in demand that you have to take a little bit more insurance out, I mean, you've got to be doing something, right, right? Yeah,
2: totally, exactly.
0: (laughs) What has been then, well, you talked about how breaking your ankle is kind of the toughest, was it the, was it the toughest physically, or is it the toughest mentally, or both, because, Coincidentally, I broke my ankle last year. For me, it sucked more because I'm impatient. Like I just wanted my bone to be like fine and then like get back to doing what I do. For the first two weeks of kind of like just being a broken bone and stuff, it was fine. Like I did other stuff, you know, you kind of adapt and, and overcome as much as you can. But I mean, was that the toughest physically? Like physically in terms of, you know, an injury or was it more mentally? Because your body's going to heal, but having to slow down can sometimes hurt worse, I feel like, than the actual break.
2: Well, it's crazy. Like, I feel like everything you're saying, you're just reading my mind. (laughs) Amazing. Wavelength. Um, Yeah, it was definitely mentally. It wasn't the physically part, like, okay, I got hurt, whatever. It was the slowing down and having to take time for myself. Most of the time I'm thinking of others, and Mm -hmm. that was hard because i couldn't walk places people had to get me things and also i wasn't like i felt like i was wasting time all the time like oh i'm just sitting here when i should be working out but i can't work out so this is so confusing what am i doing so that's actually why i ended up almost getting on the endeavors i'm on now of making my own projects and stuff was because i had so much time that i was like okay i need to be productive in something that i feel is important to me and so I wrote nine episode web series that I'm currently trying to get funding for that brought joy to me while I was like making it and I was like, Oh I'd love to watch this because I'm a little fangirl who's making something that's
0: right what you know.
2: Yeah, exactly. And so it changed my life for the better, but it was really it was mentally hard, but something came out of it. Something always does.
0: Right. Well and that goes back to what we're saying about like giving it a try. Like if you try and you do something, even Even from a failure, you can learn something. Even from just trying to do something, you learn something. It doesn't have to go 100% the right way. But, I mean, for you, you know, like you said, you you ended up having downtime and slowing down enough to be like, well, where else can I find a little bit of happiness in this situation? And you start writing or you start, you know, doing other stuff or looking at other avenues, and you're still keeping your mind engaged like you would with working out, but just in a different way. That's super important to keep in mind too, is that, yeah, you have setbacks and sometimes they're physical and sometimes they're mental and life happens. And Mm -hmm. like having the the right sort of coping mechanism or teaching yourself a new coping mechanism that's healthy and positive for a person in light of a seemingly negative circumstance is super important. And I think it's important in life, but probably in stunt work, probably in film and television and just, I mean, you're in such a, like, I, I know people say, oh, you work in the ER, you know, that's such a high stress job. But I mean, I could never do what you do because there's a lot of rejection in that. And I think that's hard. And it takes a very special person to mentally, physically, spiritually still remain in that world, because you see a lot of people who give it a try, which is good. And And they don't stick with it because they're sick of rejection and, you know, they get disheartened by it. And maybe instead of turning it into like, okay, I keep, you know, getting rejection, I'll try something else. They just give it up completely. And I mean, in your case, it seems like, I don't know, I just couldn't do that. I just couldn't be in a, in a, you know, a profession that, that you have a lot of, it seems like a lot of rejection, at least just with, with film and and television,
2: I never really, like, I I experienced what you're talking about, but I guess when I grew up, I knew my whole life that I was going to be in film, and I told everybody that, and they're like, but there's a lot of rejection, and I was like, so? I just keep trying, and like, people growing up told me all the time, there's going to be so much rejection, there's going to be so much rejection, that when I got here, when the rejection came, I was like, oh, that's the thing that they were talking about, that's cool. You just keep going. But... It does affect you. I'm not saying it doesn't, and I'm not saying in any way that you couldn't do it. I think anybody can do it as long as they're knowing what they're going into and prepared and face that. And I think what you do takes a certain kind of person as well, but I, s- I assume that w- with the training that you do and with the stories that you hear and the situations that people get into that maybe they were rejected, maybe there's something you learn from it or or you, there's something you take from it that you can avoid feeling the way that you want to give up. Not everybody stays in it right. and I understand that and I totally get why but I think that if you really enjoy something and if you really want something, you'll go through those things just to still do it. So I think that depending on what your love for something is, you'll stick through it no matter what happens. That's kind of where I'm at. and. There is a weird amount of rejection and things that you don't get or opportunities that you want that you're like, oh, that would have been so cool and I'm so sad. Or they pick somebody over you and all those things happen all the time. The weirdest one is when people say, let's do this project or do this thing and you're like totally gung-ho and then you never hear from anybody ever again. You get ghosted. That's the hardest part for me. Yeah.
3: Totally ghosted.
2: To me, that isn't rejection. That's just things not working out and I'm like, okay, well, why didn't, why didn't we get the funding? Can't we just go find different funding? Can't we just still make this happen? Like I'm such a go-getter that I'm like, what do you mean? Like, let's, let's just go figure it out. That's the most frustrating part for me.
0: It's like, what happened? We'll just do it ourselves. I can figure it out. And then,
2: yeah.
0: And then it just goes away. Like the project gets shelved, I would think, or, you know, it just doesn't, it's not meant to be at this time.
2: Yeah. And that, that Part for me is probably one of the hardest parts where I bang my head on the ground and go why I want to help people why
0: <laughs> what would you like to actually appear on what would be the dream job and this could be a film that's already made or a tv show that got canceled or it's still on air like what is your ultimate like what is the dream
2: so many like where do I start okay give us um, give us
0: the top three maybe
2: top three I would have loved to be in Charlie's Angels
0: Yes. That would have
2: been, and I'm hoping that one day they'll remake it. And some they'll do a they'll
0: reboot again. Another. Do you remember when they did they showed up in Canada when they uh, had the the reboot one that they did out here like on ABC? I think it was like eight years ago. And what there wasn't there was a reboot. Yeah, no, it, it was a uh, it was a while ago. It did not last long, clearly. But they they did they tried it. I think it's, I think you're right. I think it might be time again.
2: I think the right person with the vision needs to be in there, and there needs to be a certain amount of what they had back in the day right. and what they have now, and mix the two together to make a beautiful, beautiful child of Charlie's that Angel. movie.
0: <laughs> I would not be opposed to a reboot with Charlie's Angels.
2: I have been practicing everything from that movie from the day that I saw that movie. Like, I can quote the song. <laughs> I've got, fit, like, the dance down from yep. it as well. Like, <laughs>
1: I've done everything. But is it
0: only the first one? Did you like the second one? Did you put up with I liked it? all of it. Okay, all right. I liked both of them. All right, that's fair. Because sometimes people are like, oh, I like this one. But then it kind of got off course, but I still watch it and enjoy it.
2: No, I think both of them I could still watch over and over again. You
0: genuinely enjoy them.
2: Yeah. And then I think sitcom-wise, if I... I know this would never happen because they don't have any stunts on there really, but the Big Bang Theory, that would be so much fun.
0: That's pretty good. I would, I would, I could see that. I don't just don't see any stunts. You're right. Maybe that would be, yeah. maybe that'd be more of your acting side of things, right? Career, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. going with that, tell us about the, the mini series and kind of like these, these projects you're currently working on. So,
2: um, I have a few projects in the like post-production phase of things. We're currently editing one that's like I don't want to give too much away, but it's about cosplay and the cosplay world. And I don't think there's a lot of film or TV shows out there that really focus on this, these amazing genre of, of people who come together, all loving, just, just being celebrated for being a fan. These people don't have much content out there, and these are the people I really resonate with. And so I'm making a lot of stuff to do with gaming and the nerd world, like, this is where this is the stuff that I really like. So anyway, um, I don't want to get too much into that because I don't want to spoil anything. Or somebody's listening right now and they're like, I'm gonna steal that idea. No, no, my don't idea. steal it. Um, it's all Cassandra's. Um, so
0: She'll find you. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'll find you and
0: um, she, she could probably kick I something.
2: Say is appropriate right now. I was gonna say <laughs> yeah. she could
0: she could kick something. That's hers. It's her intellectual <laughs> property.
2: One of my like baby projects right now that I've been working on is called Life XP, which is the web series I've written. And right now it's in the process of getting funded. And so I need as many views on the trailer as possible. So if you want to go see some of my work, this would be the one to go look at right now. Go look at can it! It's be found on YouTube, which is called Life XP Trailer, which means life experience, if you gamers get it. Uh, uh, clever. It's about virtual reality and a girl who gets fired from her dream jog, job and has to go beta test video games for a living in virtual reality but she's not good at them because she's never played a video game before and so there's like this push and pull of like doing this job but wanting to be good at it so she could get her old job back and a bunch of drama within um all the characters in there so it's really fun and silly and actiony because obviously we have to have action in it because clearly clearly yeah <laughs> And so that's one of the projects. I have some other projects in post-production right now that I am eventually going to have out there, which I'm hoping to because I am so obsessed with nerd culture that I want to bring it alive for everyone
0: else. Nerds will rule the world. I said this in an earlier episode and I'm reiterating it right now that nerds will rule the world because they are amazing people and they're positive people and they're just awesome.
2: <laughs> and we just we just really like stuff, you mm-hmm.
0: know? Nothing wrong with being a nerd.
2: And also, speaking of, if you want to go see other old work of like how um, I have like really old YouTube fights on my uh, YouTube channel, which is Nerds N-E-R-D-Z, the number four and an L. I have like old, old fights where you can be like, oh, she was terrible. And then you can look at my new fights and be like, oh, wow, she worked really hard to be where she is today.
0: There's improvement.
2: There you go.
0: So is there any way that people can reach out to you? Can they reach out to you?
2: Totally. So I have an email that people can reach out to me if they have any questions about stuff, and I love to try and help. It's nerds, N-E-R-D-Z, 4, the number 4, R-L, at gmail.com, or they can find me on Twitter, which is Cassandra Ebner, all one word, or they can find me on Instagram, which is Cassandra.Ebner, or you can find me on my Facebook page, Cassandra Ebner, and you can go leave comments. I'll respond if you have a question or any of those things. That's where you can find me.
0: She's really responsive. She's been very amazing in terms of putting up with me, especially for this interview. <laughs> I always like to kind of close it out by, by asking people, like, what's the one takeaway you want for people to have from, from our discussion today and, and our little interview about anything, really? Like, what's the one thing you want to resonate with people right now, right here in 2018?
2: Well, I think uh, the theme of our conversation was just, like, don't be afraid to try. Yeah. And it's not just about stunts. That's the thing that I think people get confused. It's like, I'm only talking about stunts. No, no, no. I'm talking about anything that you want to do in life. Just try. And that's all I want somebody to take away from this.
0: Well, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me special thanks goes out to cassandra ebner once again for joining me today to discuss what it means to be a stuntwoman and to discuss her own personal drive and motivation to do what she does she is amazing i highly highly encourage that you do click and check out her links and some of the work that she's done you have no doubt already seen her in some of your favorite shows so might as well take a peek at what else she's done and i will be including those links in the show notes really 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 support this amazing woman because she is very lovely and works so very hard at what she does now this marks the end of my march episodes and into april i've tried actually not to have themes but inadvertently i feel like i've done a lot of themes so april is kind of going to be whatever i want And that means I have free range that I've given myself in order to present to you some of the more interesting things I've seen in the ER while sharing with you the medical side of those interesting stories. So many thanks once again to you, the listener, for joining me for yet another week of People Are Wild. I always love interacting with people. So if you have Twitter, you can find me there at People Are Wild. You also can email me at peoplearewildpod at gmail.com. I'm always looking for suggestions. Uh, I'm always looking for constructive criticism, and I'm always looking for a man. So if you can help with maybe one of those areas, I will be more than happy to talk to you about it. My hope is that you have a great week ahead, that you have been inspired a little bit by Cassandra Ebner and her drive, and that you go out there And you make like Nike, and you just do it.
3: That's horrible. That's true. So strange. Usually. I can't imagine what that's like. Do you want to? That could never happen to me. It might. Lock him away. He's pure evil. Or insane. Or human. My name's Kate. I have worked as a forensic psychologist as well as in prisons and as a crisis clinician. My job was to figure out who gets locked up and who gets a key to find the humanity in inhumane situations. So, are you sure you really want to know?
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe.
3: Because by the end of the episodes, you just might end up thinking...
1: I felt better before I knew that.
3: You can find me at IWB Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, sometimes Instagram, or you can email me at IWBpodcast at gmail.com.